your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host from Locked On Avalanche, Chris Maselli. Joining me on the Thursday edition, filling in for Adam Denker, Mr. Gil Martin from the Locked On Islanders podcast. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. So we are kind of right in the middle of trade craziness. And it took a little while for it to get going overall. And even for for today or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Thursday, um, not much action in the afternoon. Well, there, there was a little bit, but it seems like there's been a lot. There's been an uptick in, in movement uh, over the past couple hours before we hit the record button here. I don't know about you, Gil, but I, I just love this time of year. Love yeah, it. it's exciting. And, and it's interesting because, you know, you get one of those situations where once one trade starts to take place, all those dominoes start to fall. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, each general manager is worried about trying to outdo the other because they don't want to miss out on the limited supply of players that are left. Yeah. And it kind of started with, with my, with my boys in the avalanche making a couple deals and you thought maybe, okay, is that going to, like you said, that's always the domino effect. And right. it, 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 it's true. I mean, it, it kind of, there's a market that needs to be set. I don't, I think the avalanche might've gotten ahead of the market because the, the kind of the trades that are going around right now are, there's a lot of movement with players and draft picks. So Man, I think the one that we need to start with is the well, the Panthers were active and they made two two moves. We'll talk about their second move first, and that's Ben Sherratt. You knew Sherratt was on the market. Uh, you didn't know where he was going to go, obviously. Um, there's kind of favorites that kind of creep their head out and poke their head out of the sand saying like, yeah, you think they're going to go there. Uh, he ends up going to Florida. And the, the Panthers give up next year's first round pick, uh, a fourth round pick in this year's draft, and prospect Ty Smolanik. So those go to Montreal. Uh, were you surprised it was Florida who ends up with Sherratt? And how do you grade the trade overall? I was not surprised that it was Florida. I thought they were definitely one of the top contenders to to get Sherratt. And then... I think this has the potential to be a win-win. I mean, if you look at where these two teams are situated, Montreal gets the picks and the prospect. They're not going anywhere this year, probably not going anywhere next year either. But this accelerates their rebuilding program, gives them more ammunition if they want to make further trades, and I think sets them up very well, whereas Florida is more in the we're all in mode. We feel we have a good chance to win the Stanley Cup this year, maybe next year. And you add Ben Sherratt and and you add something to your team that can help come playoff time. Yeah, and I, I like, you know, it's obviously not a protected first round draft pick because even though it's next year, it is for next year. Uh, you would have to think that Florida still be a contender for next year. So it's a late round pick, you would have to assume. So they're not going to, you know, I I didn't hear anything that it was protected and I can't imagine that it was. Um, And you're seeing a lot of teams. I don't know what the 
Canadians draft selections are like for this year, but for next year, obviously they're going to have that first round pick, obviously, like I'm saying a later round draft pick, but a lot of people are thinking you're seeing a lot of draft picks for next year go, or you're going to see a lot of that because there's a lot of people saying this, this year's draft class is good. Next year's is even better. So you kind of have to look at that too for Montreal Sure, it's going to be a late round pick, but you might mm-hmm. have a, a bigger pool to pick from than you would for for this year. And it's guaranteed that if you got this year's first round draft pick, that is who knows where how, how it's going to end up in the playoffs. A 28, 29, 30, 31, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. far down. So you're taking, you know, you get it next year, maybe Florida, who knows, implodes. And it it's a lottery pick. I'm not, who knows? But uh, it's not trending towards that. But I think it's. I think but it's a good that move all around. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's a good move all around. Wants you to do if you're Florida, you now have ammunition. If there's a particular player in that draft that you want to go up and get, you got two picks. Mm. You can. Mm-hmm. You know. You want to move up to number one or number three or something like that. All of a sudden, you've got ammunition to put a package together. And if there's one particular player you want to grab, you can do that as well. Yeah, you can move up. Yeah. Um, I was big on Tyce Milanic too during that mm-hmm. draft. And he was – I'm almost positive the Avalanche were going after him. And he was taken right before they picked in in the third round, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so I, I don't know how – I haven't really followed him since, you know, he wasn't drafted by the Avs. I haven't really kept tabs on him. But um, I was high on him in the draft. So I think, you know, he could be a pretty good prospect for, for Montreal. So um, interesting enough, do you, you, how do you feel? Does this put them out of the Claude Giroux sweepstakes for Florida? Oh boy. Uh, I think it makes them a longer shot. I think Mm -hmm. it makes it less likely. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're up against the cap as it is. So they have to get creative. They have to get crafty. I mean, it's anything is possible. I've seen crazier things happen, but um, you, you heard that he was favoring Giroux was favoring wanting to go to Florida. I don't know the validity of that, but who knows? So does this put them in a bind and they can't afford him anymore? That remains to be seen, but he's going to be exciting to see where, where Claude Giroux ends up. That's going to be fun. The, the big fish. Yeah, it is. Um, Florida also made a deal earlier in the day with the New York Rangers and they sent forward depth man Frank Vetrano over to the Rangers. And I think they got a fourth round or maybe, yeah, I think it was like a fourth round draft pick for him, but I know it was just one pick. Um, that cleared up a little bit of space. And, and we should say with the, with the Sherratt deal that Montreal also retained 50% salary. So they're splitting that. So that obviously helped the Panthers make the move when, when they traded with the Rangers uh, freed up some cap space. And then they went and got Sherrod obviously. But what do you think of this deal for, for mainly for the Rangers? Yeah. I mean, it's another piece of the puzzle for the Rangers that I think can help them. And, And the Rangers are in an interesting spot because I think they're kind of a year ahead of where most people expected them to be. So opportunity you get, they don't come on all that often. So I like this move. It's not a huge move, but it's it's a helpful move. And, you know, the Rangers are kind of fighting for home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs and playoff positioning. And I think this this will give them a little nudge down the stretch in the 
the last 20 games or so. What do yeah, you think? I think it, I, I like, I think it's one of those moves that just gives a different dynamic in the locker room. You know what I mean? Just, it's nothing that's going to move the needle a ton, but it kind of, at this stage in the game yep. for a season for a team that is, uh, at, you know, towards the top of the standings, it just needs a little like nudge. Uh, it's weak. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of move. It's, it's a nice move. It's a, a pretty good depth move. And, and I, yeah, I think it just helps them going forward and you didn't have to give up a lot to get him. So it's one of those. Yeah. Why not? Let's just bring in some, some new blood type of thing. Yep. You know, I liked it. So um, more to get to with uh signing with the San Jose sharks. Uh, one of their big fish, no pun intended uh for a yeah hey but um <laughs> and uh you know a guy that was on the market or at least said to be in some circles uh but he's finally signed so we will get to that and then a couple other moves that could possibly potentially be made and because this is thursday and normally our power ranking show we do have power rankings we'll show those at the end and kind of tie in how this affects some power rankings moving forward. But first, betonline.net, and it is that time of year again. Did you fill out a, a sheet? Are you a, a NCAA basketball guy? I, I did do a bracket, yeah. Do, do you want to divulge your winner right now? Or? No. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> At the end, if you win the Wolverines, I'll tell you that, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, are you a Michigan guy? I am a Michigan guy, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an alum. Yeah, it's, I, uh, are you really? I, I did not know that. Okay. All right, we're gonna have to talk because yeah, that's that's uh, my college team is is Michigan. So nice, not looking good for Michigan this year. Uh, I don't know, uh, but it is that time of year again where it's college basketball's big tournament. It is finally upon us. From all of the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info, and it remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it is not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. So I have to believe because you're a Michigan fan and you don't want to divulge your winner, it's a rival Big Ten team. Would be Maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on to you. I'm on to you. All right. I, I respect that. I respect that. Uh, all right. Yeah. You had Tomas Hurdle being thrown around in some some trade circles. I And I talked to the Sharks guys every once in a while because they would kind of throw around mock trades with some of my guys in the Avalanche. And I just always felt like he wasn't going anywhere. And And some people thought like, oh, he could be traded and then go back and resign with them. And I just felt like it was they both wanted a deal to get done. He wanted to stay. They wanted him to stay. They just had to go through the negotiation process. Yeah. And finally it happened. He gets eight years, eight million dollars. I think it's like eight point one or something like that. But in the end, everybody's happy. So uh, were, were you of the mind that he could be moved or you thought he was pretty well set in San Jose? I thought he could be moved, but I thought that was not everybody's first choice. And when you got the player and the team both saying, hey, we'd like to work out a deal, it just becomes a question of money. And, and um, look, I have Tomas Hurdle with the Sharks since he came into the league, watched him develop, watched him become the player that he has. And, and uh, I think it's mutually beneficial for the Sharks and for Hurdle that he stays in San Jose 
such a big part of that team and their culture and their offense and their fabric. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think you, you get rid of Tomas Hurdle during this offseason. You lose him. The Sharks are in full reboot. Now they can yeah. retool a little bit. So I think it makes sense for both parties. Because they're not that far out. I mean, I don't think they're they're heading towards the playoffs this year. But they they've I think they've overachieved no. this year. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they they've they've really. A lot of people were not expecting them to do a ton. They are 26, 25, and eight, and they got mm-hmm. sixty points on the season. Um, as far as a wild card goes, even though I don't, you know, they're probably not going to be there right now. They're only eight points out. I don't think you can make up that amount with how many games are left. But yeah, but technically you're still in the ball game. You know what I mean? You're not Mm -hmm. the only, only team below you in the division. Let me bring that up real quick um, is Seattle. So Seattle's not going to catch you. (laughs) They're, they're 18 (laughs) points behind. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not like you're fighting with Seattle to, to get out of the basement of the Pacific. You're that, that is, I would argue that's probably the, the best division this year in terms of fighting yeah in terms of fighting even with seattle in that division and as horrific as they are um everybody else has been fighting for position for pretty much the entire season and the sharks have been in the thick of it they're kind of fading as the season goes on i think we kind of expected that and you're 100 percent right and if you don't sign him you're you're then who the next however many years is is just rebuild mode yeah so i think it had to get done I, I know there's some people that thought they should probably trade him, acquire some prospects, acquire some draft picks. But I, I'm just of the mind of if you have a guy like that, you keep him around for as long as possible and you build around him. You build with him. He can only right. help the situation. How's it going to hurt? Right. And and you need some veteran guys who have been part of the culture of the organization to, to help. You know, you're going to bring in those younger guys and you're going to do develop those younger guys, but some of the veterans to sort of help them do that. I I always sort of wonder, you know, uh, Carlson got hurt. That really hurt make the playoffs this year, maybe, but sort of sets them up going forward for where they're going to get back to being a consistent player. Yeah, definitely. So um, I think it was a smart move. Me too. Uh, so, and then we want to get back to uh, another trade that happened, and this was with Seattle. And I thought Seattle would be a little bit more active than they have been, you know, trading and acquiring draft picks and maybe even prospects. Uh, and that still could happen. You know, there's still you know, a few days to go in this in this trade season. But they make their kind of, uh, I guess, a mild medium-sized move um, in sending Marshawn Lynch's boy, Callie, to uh, Calgary. Seattle retains 50% of his salary, and uh, they get Calgary, or excuse me, the Kraken get a second round draft pick in this year's draft, a third in next year's draft, and a seventh in the 2024 draft. Um, So yeah, for Callie Yarngrok. So uh, you know, Calgary is a dangerous team. Uh, I know I, I, they, I, I fear them and I, I, I feel like we're heading on a crash course of a Western conference final between the avalanche and Calgary. And that is going to be 
I think a slam dunk home run seven game series. I don't think there's any any way around that. That the the, the two games that those teams have played so far this year have been epic. They have one more to go in I think another week or so. That one's in Calgary, but man, if anything, if a series like that is going to happen, it's going to be fun to watch and oh, yeah. I think, you know, you just get again and a kind of like a, a good defensive move that only helps Calgary. It does. And and in the long run it'll probably help Seattle a little bit, but you know, you you're talking about a Calgary, Colorado series as a fan who doesn't have skin in that game, who isn't a fan specifically of either one of those teams. I'd love to see that just, just for the quality of hockey that you'd see and Calgary, just adding a little something to the mix to, to try to prepare for that kind of a a playoff series. It won't be an easy series. And teams, like you said, that whenever they've met, it's been some very, good hockey who knows if you add one that that doesn't tilt the scale in a seven game series to change the outcome yeah that's it's going to be exciting i think we're like i said i think we're on a collision course for that so stay tuned for that and also with seattle uh mark giordano not on the ice and for, uh, apparently it was supposed to be his 1000th game mm-hmm. <laughs> And they removed him from the game. I mean, at least put the guy out there for a shift and then remove him if you want to do that. I mean, you're the <laughs> Kraken. You're not going anywhere for this year. Just be down a guy for the game. Uh, but they, he's not there. So you'd have to think a move for him is coming. He was another guy attached to Florida. There were so many defensemen attached to Florida. They got their right. guy in Sherratt. Uh, So I don't know if this was another move that's going on. Maybe it's heading in that direction, but. I mean, would you expect to see Giordano, if he's not on the ice, expect him to be dealt here in the next day or two? Yeah, and that's ironic. You have the first captain of your team being dealt before the first season is over. But, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. And, look, we know there are a number of offensively explosive teams fighting for playoff positioning who lack defense and goaltending. We've discussed it before, you know, you and I I have talked. uh, But are those teams willing to spend resources to get like any out there come playoff time? Uh, So, you know, if I'm the Kraken and I can get something good for him and the way the market is shrinking right now with all these trades being made, you probably can get some good return by trading your first captain. I think it makes sense for the Kraken to do that. Just bad optics to yeah. to be to be a, an expansion team and and name him your captain, and then four months later you trade him. Uh, I get it, I get it, but but why name a captain anyway? Just uh, and, and the thing is, like everybody kind of predicted this at the expansion draft. <laughs> I was hearing chirps of of this happening when he was picked. Yeah, and saying like, well, we'll see how long he lasts in a Kraken sweater, and then they name him the captain, and now it's ended in, well, it's going to end in him likely being traded. So, all right, uh, let's. I mean, we'll bring in the the power rankings here just so people can see them because I know uh, there's some people out there that you know live and die by these week by week, um, and we'll throw them up if you're watching on YouTube. 
Let's get them on the big screen. We'll shuffle some things around here. There we go. Um, not much movement kind of in the, the top half. You still have the Avalanche at one, Panthers, then Canes, Lightning, Flames, Penguins, Rangers move, Rangers and Leafs swap spots, seven and eight. Uh, Bruins at nine, Blues at 10. And that's the only movement was the Rangers and Leafs swapping in the top 10. We right. do see some other teams kind of smattering of movement here and there. Um, but I think in the coming weeks, this is where it gets exciting because these teams that are adding players, you know, even teams that are subtracting players, are they going to drop? Um, and the teams that are adding players like, you know, Calgary and what, what are, what are the Leafs going to do? We, you mentioned goalies a few minutes yeah. ago. Um, they, are they going to make a move? Do they make a move for Marc-Andre Fleury or something like that? Like, could that happen? They, they, they desperately need goalie help if they get it. You know, going forward, maybe we'll see these rankings shift. Very possible. I mean, you look at Toronto and, you know, defensively and in goal, they they need help. The goaltending situation even more so now. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is experienced. He's won Stanley Cups. He's taken teams on long playoff runs even when he didn't win Stanley Cups. Uh, I think he still has a tank, especially with an explosive team like the Leafs in front of him. Um, it would make sense depending on the cost, but you know, Toronto, it's been since 1907 that they've even reached a Stanley cup final. There were six teams in the league that year. So, uh, you know, the pressure <laughs> to win in Toronto is huge. Yeah. You just turn the knife a little bit. Get like, sorry. It's, it's the facts, Jack. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think, I think you'll see. I know the Leafs wanted uh, Josh Manson, who who the Avalanche plucked out of Anaheim. I, I know they were kind of high on him, but you know there was other defenders out there, and now Sherratt is off the board. I know yep. they they're looking for that. They're looking for some some defensemen, and they're looking for goaltending. So the are the defensemen just shrinking by the hour, and who's available? And are they going to have to end up with someone like Giordano? Giordano, yeah. yeah. And Giordano, if they get Giordano and can swing, you know, Mark Andre Fleury, they're they're back in the ball game. You know what I mean? They're they're oh no, they're still a formidable opponent. Yeah, and they pull yeah, that off under the cap. Um, that's the issue. That's yeah. the issue, and I don't know. That's it's going to be tough. Um, I do want to call attention to the Montreal Canadiens getting out of the basement on our power <laughs> rankings. They have been down at 32, my God, since I think November. Yeah. Um, and and they have been dethroned by the Seattle Kraken. Even though Seattle has two more points than Montreal, uh, I think our uh, hosts have had just about enough of Seattle and the the shine has worn off and they are now uh, at, they're, they're now Bottom feeding Kraken is what they, it's kind of fitting right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Montreal, since Martin St. Louis took over behind the bench, they have been almost a different team. And, you know, they're winning, they're beating some good teams, even not just some also ran. So, you know, on who's hot and who's not, they definitely deserve to move up a spot and look out, Arizona, because even though. Yes. Arizona's been playing well as of late. Montreal's right. So, 
You, I mean, Arizona keeps this going, and all five thousand people every night next year are going to be so excited to watch That's that right. team <laughs> in, in that college arena. Uh, but no, but they're playing much better. I, didn't they? Are they playing tonight? I don't know if they were or not. Um, I'm checking scores real quick. I thought they were on the ice. No, they're not. No. Um, yeah, but they're they're on fire. <laughs> so yeah. good for you, Arizona. Um, and another team kind of in free fall, Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Man, are they a soap opera? This is uh, this is days of our lives every single day with 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 Vegas. It's just you thought all those moves that they were they they made, and obviously bringing in Eichel, you were kind of afraid, and it just doesn't seem. I'm not saying it's Eichel's fault. No, I'm just saying it's not something's not right in Vegas, and they're kind of in free fall right now. Yeah, I mean our power rankings. Dallas is ahead of them. Dallas is 15. Vegas is 16. And, uh, but the Knights are, I think, a point ahead of Dallas in terms of the last wild card spot. But Dallas has three games in hand, I'm almost positive. Maybe two, but I think it's three. So not looking good for Vegas. Can they stop the bleeding? Yeah, it's. Right now, they, they need to do something because they cannot stand pat the way things are going right now. Something, there is something in the locker room there or in the chemistry of the makeup of this team that just isn't clicking and they need to fix it or they need to say, okay, we'll look toward next year. That's all, yeah. They're not built that way. They're not, they're no. not built to say we'll look towards next year. Like they go all in. Uh, for better or worse, some people hate that about them and they feel like they, the, the night should go through their licks and suffer like every single other franchise has ever done at some point, And they've It'll never happen. had to do that. It, uh, it's, it's on, I it, mean, it is on the verge of teetering right now, but it could go either way. You could see them snap out of this because they have, they have great skill on that team. So they you, do. you have to imagine like this is, this could stop at any point, but will it, they're running out of time. You know what I mean? We got a month and a week or I mean, a month and a half, six weeks left in the six season. Six weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. You got to stop this now. So uh, some some fun teams to watch on both sides of this right now. Teams like Vegas, do they keep falling? Can Arizona keep playing well? I think people want to see that happen. Uh, all of the trades next week when we do this Thursday show, the trade season will be over with. Yep. So we'll reassess there and where our team's going to be going up. But you're going to start seeing some separation. This is where you start seeing that. Like those – like where's Claude Giroux going to be? Big question. You know, it, it, there's so much left to go in the, what, four or five days we have left of the, the trade deadline season. But uh, this is this is what GMs were made for. And it's it's the most – you know, outside of the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, my, my most favorite time of the year because I just love seeing maneuver people teams maneuvering for for positions stuff like that it is fun and and always a surprise and then there's always that one deal that comes in 15 minutes after the deadline (laughs) that they made before the deadline but didn't report it and then you know you get you get that little talker but uh it's tough you know i always watch the trade deadline coverage Uh, i i say it on the avalanche show like you're always hearing claude Giroux. Like Claude Drew is, you know, high on the avalanche and he is, he definitely is, but I'm just waiting for, like you said, like that deal that just comes out of left field. That's equivalent to them getting Claude Drew that we never even were thinking about. 
those are like the fun right. things of, of, you know, the trade deadline season, just those surprise deals that nobody was talking about. And then everybody wants to backtrack. Oh yeah. I, I, I knew about that. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, a couple days left, few days left and each day is going to be as exciting as this one was. So, and we still have a couple hours left in the day. We still might get a, a deal or two. Hey, it's not over yet. That's so, right. uh, keep refreshing your, your Twitter page. Uh, all right. That's going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. And uh, go check out Mr. Gill's show, Locked On NHL, or excuse me, Locked On Islanders. See what's going on over on the island. And uh, if you want to listen to Locked On Avalanche, you can find our shows wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for today, everybody. We'll go full screen with the power rankings so everybody can get one last good look at them and that beautiful team in first place. I love that. So, all right, guys. Thank you, Gil, for filling in once again. And we will see everybody next week. Thank you.